Welcome to Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee, a podcast brought to you by the Tennessee Initiative for Perinatal Quality Care. TIPQC exists to improve health outcomes for mothers and infants in Tennessee through our quality collaborative that will identify opportunities to optimize maternal and infant outcomes across our state and is funded under a grant contract with the state of Tennessee. The Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee podcast is designed for medical professionals and for patients and families across the state. We will focus on all aspects of the perinatal period with special attention to reducing our maternal mortality rate. This podcast is brought to you through a cooperative agreement with the Alliance for Innovation on Maternal Health. Welcome to the Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee podcast brought to you by the Tennessee Initiative for Perinatal Quality Care. I am Danielle Tate, a maternal fetal medicine specialist and the maternal medical director of TIPQC. Joining us today is Melanie Silverman, the chief clinical officer for Pacify. Pacify is the lactation network that staffs the Tennessee breastfeeding hotline. Welcome to our show, Melanie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be here today. And we are very excited to have you here today as well. So Melanie, tell us more about your background. What got you interested in this type of work? For as long as I can remember, since I was three years old, I wanted to be a doctor and was running around the house telling my parents, I'm gonna be a doctor. And everybody can imagine they were probably very excited about that. Um, And I went to college at Indiana University and completed the pre-medical curriculum. And then my senior year, I just kind of lost steam. I knew I wanted to be in the healthcare field, but just to be a physician, it just didn't feel right. And so I did a lot of soul searching and did a lot of talking to people and found the field of dietetics and went back to undergrad, moved to Chicago, went back to undergrad to become a registered dietitian and worked in a local Chicago hospital. And I think, you know, all of us in healthcare, the, the interesting thing about being in healthcare is you're exposed to thousands of human beings, right? In a very stressful situation. And I think when I started to work in that hospital, even as a, even as a diet technician, I started to really appreciate and understand um, the human condition, especially in a very stressful situation. No one wants to be in a hospital. And so it was a really great experience for me to understand nutrition in the hospital, but also emotions. Um, and I decided to, because I had gone back to school and worked so long, I decided to get my master's degree in nutrition along with my dietetic internship at Rush. So I went to another hospital in Chicago and made the decision after all that, that I was going to be a cardiology dietitian and I was going to solve the obesity crisis in the United States. And I'll tell you, um, that's a big undertaking. Okay. (laughs) As we both know, and it didn't, it, it didn't pan out exactly because what happened was. I landed my first job at the University of Chicago hospitals on the south side of Chicago. And the first day, my after all this time, a manager said to me, we hired, I got this cardiology position that I wanted. They said, you know, Melanie, there's been a change of plans. You're actually going to be in the uh, pediatric burn intensive care unit. And we're going to put you in all the ICUs except the cardiology ICUs. So this was like general surgery, neurology, like it was neurosurgery, general medicine, ICU. And so I was at this point in my career where like, I didn't have a career. (laughs) I had to take this job, I had bills to pay. And so I told my manager, Pam Cherney, I said, I don't even know how to take care of a burn. How am I gonna take care of my own sunburn? How am I gonna take care of burned children? And she said, you'll learn. And so I have to credit the University of Chicago for so many things, The, the physicians, the residents, the fellows, the physical therapists, the social workers, 
the nurses, everybody in that burn unit and the adult and pediatric burn unit really formed me and shaped me. And it also increased my understanding of pediatrics because when pediatric burns come to an ICU, as you know, there's two things that have to happen. First, we've got to heal that skin, right? So there's nutritional requirements for that. But the other thing is these kids are growing in the ICU because you're in that burn unit for a long time. And so I became obsessed with growth charts and became obsessed with pediatric growth charts and looking at, you know, how kids grow and, you know, what happens when they don't too. Um, I was forced to learn all about infant formulas. And so what happened over the years, because I loved it so much, is that my manager started to peel away all these adult ICUs and they moved me into the PICU and they moved me to the NICU. And that's a whole different ball game. And when I went to the NICU at the University of Chicago, there was only about 30% of those moms that were breastfeeding their babies in the NICU providing milk. And I was devastated because I was sitting there reading textbooks and trying to learn about breastfeeding. And I'm like, what is going on at the University of Chicago? This is horrible. So I decided to become a lactation consultant. And so I actually learned about infant formulas first. And then I was like, what is, what is going on here? So I learned very slowly. It took me three years to become a lactation consultant. I started a private practice in Chicago and really ended up landing as a pediatric registered dietitian and a lactation consultant and cardiology was out the door. I, I didn't, I didn't even know, I didn't even know how to take care of heart patients. Um, and so as life goes, I, I actually left Chicago. It was very hard for me to leave that hospital, moved to California, had kids. And then the funny thing about all this with this podcast, which I'm so excited about, I have this really like deep love for the state of Tennessee because my husband is from Nashville. And I, like I said, I'm from Columbus, Ohio. And so in the summer of 2014, Ben London, who is Scott, my husband's first cousin, called me and he asked me this question, Melanie, why do breastfeeding mothers go to the emergency room for help? And I was like, can you imagine? I mean, this is what an amazing question right? from somebody who doesn't work in healthcare directly, but was working for McKinsey looking at emergency room traffic, right? Mm -hmm. And he asked me this question and it started this really long conversation about access and disparities in the United States healthcare system. And what he and I discussed is, you know, a lot of people at that time in 2014 had smartphones and why weren't we utilizing those? Not everybody had them, but a lot of them had it. And so over the course of many conversations, he then collaborated with his uh, very close friend, George Brandis, who also from the state of Tennessee, and they decided to start Pacify. And what Pacify um, would do is provide people the care they need in breastfeeding the moment they need it. Now, I didn't know I was interviewing that summer. And so what happened was they offered me a job as the chief clinical officer at Pacify. And my job was to recruit, hire, and manage the lactation networks. And so it's a very long discussion, but that's, it is a crazy story of, from cardiology to breastfeeding, but that's what happened. That's a great story. And I'll tell you, some may listen and say, well, that is a roundabout journey, but everything you're mentioning plays into the obstetric world, right? You're going to encounter patients with cardiac, cardiac disease. You're going to encounter patients with renal disease. You're going to encounter patients who may still be in the growing years and having a baby or just had a baby. So I bet that all of your knowledge has now come into this full circle of a background for you to fully support I breast yeah. moms here in Tennessee. Yeah, I think that that's right. It's, it's just really, it's, it's a joy. I mean, anytime people want to talk about breastfeeding, I'm game. <laughs> I agree. Me too. 
yeah. <laughs> one of my new favorite conversations. And just like you touched on with all the technology in the world, I still meet patients who seem to have no knowledge. And it's just surprising the most simple information about breastfeeding that they are just so intrigued. They've never heard it from anywhere else in life. And again, with all the technology, the smartphones, social media, um, all of the easy access to information, it still seems like kind of one of those great unknowns, but definitely a very special moment to have with patients as you educate them on one of the most natural things that we have out here as it relates to pregnancy care. I think you're right. And you know, I, it, what, what you're saying prompts me to think, why aren't we teaching about breastfeeding in high schools, right? Why aren't we, I mean, maybe they touch on it for a second, but it should be, it's part of what we do as humans, you know? or what we should do or what we should try to do, right? right absolutely, so, yes. I think this is a great area for us to get creative, to reach patients. Yes. So you touched a little bit on Pacify and what uh, the great organization offers to the state of Tennessee. Can you go into more detail for us and tell us about the work Pacify is doing with the Tennessee Breastfeeding Hotline? Yeah, so um, let me describe to you what Pacify is because we do a lot of different things. So Pacify is a mobile app platform where pregnant people and new parents are able to connect with birth doulas now and lactation consultants 24 seven, either live in video, like a kind of like a FaceTime call, or we have the capacity to answer calls in audio form. And that's what we do for Tennessee. So for the lactation side, we have international board certified lactation consultants who answer calls in video and in audio. And then we also have this birth doula network, this first virtual birth doula network that is answering calls for some of our other partners and answering calls about pregnancy and childbirth, helping people to create birth wish lists. And so what's happened since 2018 is that Passify has been this proud partner um, with the state of Tennessee um, in staffing the Tennessee Breastfeeding Hotline. And so what happens is there's a phone number that we'll talk about that people call in the state of Tennessee and within minutes, sometimes seconds, they are connected with IBCLC's 24-7-365. That is an amazing resource. Just speaking as a healthcare provider, it's so hard sometimes to be limited in the time you have direct contact with patients. You know, we're most times limited to the office hours Monday through Friday, but to have a resource like this in two key areas of pregnancy perinatal care, that's an amazing resource for Tennessee. And so I'm so glad that it's so available. Yeah, so right now, um, the, the main focus right now is on the lactation side. Um, we would hope to, to expand into the doula side. We have lots of different partners around the country. We partner with Medicaid, public health, women, infant, and children programs, hospitals. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just been really um, sensational to be with the state since 2018, especially because Ben and George come from Tennessee. So when we got this contract, it, I can't tell you how very special it was just to kind of service their own state um, in, in providing these parents with the help they need. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you were able to explain that for us so that everyone is aware of the resource and how it works so we can get this out to the patients. So can you give us a little bit more detail about what exactly Tennessee Breastfeeding Hotline is and how long it's been in existence here in the state? 
Yes, I'd love to talk about this. So around 2013, conversations in the breastfeeding community were centered around the need for parents to get immediate support for breastfeeding questions. And this makes all the sense in the world to probably both of us, because I think we both know, and many people know, that when somebody has a question about breastfeeding, it's an emergency. If they don't get the help they need the moment they need it, they're going to lose their milk supply. And so very, very smart people came together um, in Tennessee and through conversations with Dr. Michael Warren and under the then commissioner, Dr. John Dreisner, um, they kind of had this thought for a Tennessee breastfeeding hotline. And the Tennessee Department of Health partnered with Labonner Children's Hospital to launch this first free 24-7 lactation support call line in Tennessee. And so, um, you know, a really um, thoughtful discussion around what the people in the state needed, and they were able to launch this at Labonner. And the Tennessee Breastfeeding Hotline was under the direction of Sandra Madubu Anwu and Helen Scott, who's a lactation consultant, who ran the line. And Helen became the breastfeeding coordinator and manager for the line. And the way that this all worked in the beginning was there was a phone system that people used a phone number and they were connected with lactation consultants. And, you know, I know that Sandra and Helen worked so hard and all those lactation consultants and um, um, lactation counselors worked very, very hard to answer these calls, get this line up and running, and it was run beautifully. And so they were able to answer calls. They were able to do some continuous quality improvement programs. And the other really important thing that everybody thought of is language, right? Not everybody in the state of Tennessee speaks perfect English. And so they thought about this. And so from the very beginning, there was a language line to service um, people that didn't speak English, that this lactation consultants were able to help. And the other thing that they did a gorgeous job at is a robust referral system. So if people needed services outside of lactation, these lactation consultants, lactation professionals that answered these calls were able to give them um, that support. And then what happened is in 2018, we actually, Pacify, received the contract to continue the great work. And, you know, if you do the math, this has been active and live and, you know, running since since about 2013. And, um, you know, that's been about 10 years. Um, I can't tell you, but I, I know you can imagine how important this resource is. I go to TIPQC, I go to these meetings in Tennessee several times a year. And when I introduce myself and tell people who I am, it's almost like I am not a celebrity, but when they are like, oh my God, we refer patients to your line. You know, it's so cute. Like they get so excited. And I'll tell you during COVID and then during the formula crisis, the questions that came into the line were stunning um, because we had we had fathers calling, um, telling us they had postpartum depression during COVID, and saying, you know, why did I bring why did I why why am I bringing a child in in the middle of this pandemic? My my wife's a mess, or you know, my family's freaking out, or we got pushed out of the hospital really quickly. So our lactation consultants reported a lot of tears and fear on the line. And the other thing with the formula crisis, I mean, there's all those people that use formula that we do care for because they will call. They had questions about relactation for the line. So I'm so glad that Tennessee, every time we pick up calls, we are just so glad that it exists and it was invented and that it still exists. It's just such an important resource for the state. It sure is. And just the thoughtful execution of everything I do appreciate you sharing the history 
of the breastfeeding hotline and just also hearing the fact that it is being well used in the state. I know that it is appreciated across the board um, and we do appreciate the evolution that you've seen there with the team members up into you're you taking over the role. So that is very exciting. Now you mentioned a hotline number. So I wanna make sure that we are able to get that information, the audience here, if you'll share with us that Tennessee breastfeeding hotline number. If somebody in the state of Tennessee has a question about breastfeeding, they can pick up their phones and dial 1-855-423-6667. Again, that's 855-423-6667. They can also dial 855-4-BF-MOMS, but I think a lot of people like numbers these days. And what happens is there's a, an answer to the phone and it welcomes you to the hotline and then it gets you connected to either an English speaking lactation consultant or a Spanish speaking because we actually direct connect in Spanish, which is really lovely. Um, and then you wait, you know, like I said, anywhere maybe it could be 10 seconds, it could be like a minute and a half, but usually you're connected in, in, the, in a couple minutes. The nice thing also too is somebody can call and leave a message if they need to. So very easy, very accessible, 24 seven breastfeeding help. That is great. Thank you for sharing the number with us. Um, you mentioned fathers calling in. You mentioned uh, healthcare providers being able to use the resource of the hotline number. Can you tell us a little bit more about who this resource is available for outside of what you've mentioned already? So I'm happy to do that. So the Tennessee Breastfeeding Hotline serves anyone in Tennessee with questions about breastfeeding. So like, you know, moms call us, dads call us, grandparents, we've had aunts call us, uncles call, you know, concerned about their families, like they're trying to figure out what's going on with their family and with this new baby. But the other nice thing is we have physicians who call, we have nurses, home visitors, health department staff who call. It's really a lovely resource to land on for anybody that needs a an IBCLC, an International Board Certified Lactation Consultant to help. There may be a physician that has a question around medications in mother's milk and maybe what resources would be good for that because you know, so, and you may have experienced this too. I think a lot of people get very um, aggressive about maybe telling a, a person to stop breastfeeding when maybe they don't need to. And so we can give that kind of support. Um, and then the other thing is, is that, you know, people ask us a lot, and this is some of the data collection that we do, you know, who calls mostly? And I would say about most of the time it's moms who are calling, who are like, I don't know what to do with this child. Can you please, can you please do something and help me? And so, you know, we try really hard to support them wherever they are. And I want to make sure that, you know, saying this, I think it's very important that even if you are providing some formula, a certain percentage of formula, and you're doing some breastfeeding, we want to help. We don't want anybody to be shy. We have lovely people that are staffing this 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 line. And so we just want to support people where they are. The neat thing is about 60% of the callers who do call in are exclusively breastfeeding. So that's really kind of lovely, lovely to see. That is definitely. And I just want to restate what you said about formula versus breastfeeding and still being a resource for anyone who may be having feeding difficulties. In the state, which is great. I know sometimes people may shy away if they're choosing to formula feed or potentially go between both, but it sounds like the resource is great for anyone who has a newborn infant at home 
or potentially an older infant and they're struggling with feeding? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to say that, you know, when I started to build the networks in lactation and with doulas, you know, I just like you go to different restaurants and you have different food and some of it is delicious and some of it is not, you and I both know there's different types of healthcare providers. And there's people who are excellent at their jobs and there are people that are not so excellent at their jobs. And we try to make sure that we staff this app, this hotline with people who know how to care for anything related to breast milk. If you're giving one teaspoon a day, we want you to call, let us help you. Not necessarily if you wanna increase your milk supply, but whatever you wanna do with that. We just wanna honor and support and care. I think we all need it as much as possible of that kind of care, you know, nowadays. So true. And that's yeah. great work you're doing. Now this hotline may be the only support many women have during their time in pregnancy as well as postpartum. What support are you able to offer? And this may be very important for our rural women in the state who may not have lactation support in their local networks. Right. Well, there's, there's lots of resources in the state. Um, but again, we have to, we always try to be so sensitive to, um, you know, what, what do people have? Um, and so there's three kind of highlighted areas that I want to talk about in terms of how we can support. The first is the Tennessee breastfeeding hotline, right? That is available. It's a 24 seven service. You can call. The second is there's quite a few people in the state who are part of the WIC program the Women and Children Program, and they do exceptional work in breastfeeding and support. And so at certain WIC programs, there's WIC peer counselors who are available to WIC participants in 31 of the 95 counties in Tennessee. And these are moms who have successfully breastfed and now support, guide, and refer mothers to care that they may need. It, it's just, I, we work very closely with peer counselors all over the country and they are heroes. They are heroes. And so we're really, we love when peer counselors sometimes will call and ask questions or just we hear support that maybe somebody calls us, a parent says, well, my peer counselor really helped me through this. So that's a lovely lovely thing that you have. The third is Tennessee also has county or region-based designated breastfeeding experts, DBEs. And these are people available during regular clinic hours through county health departments. And this is a free lactation support uh, to re residents either in person or over the phone. And these are also people that just have such a passion and knowledge about breastfeeding that they can provide care when people need it. So hopefully that is, um, you know, th those three kind of avenues are a good snapshot of what is available. It definitely is. And I'll tell you, you have educated me. I wasn't aware we had such an extensive network in the state and that's amazing. That is amazing. And it sounds like all three organizations and maybe even more work well together to make sure full care is provided for the patients and support persons. Yeah, you know, it's fun to, um, I always love, I mean, I can see, you know, just hear from you too, like the passion that we share for breastfeeding. I think that, um, and also I think the passion we share for helping anybody of where they are in their breastfeeding journey, right? Like I think you and I both understand and so many people listening understand how important that is. But yeah, I mean, I think there's like a, con you almost feel like family when you meet somebody who's in the breastfeeding field who's trying to help new parents because 
we're all kind of onto this common goal. It's just, it's lovely. And I think that the resources in the state are, are really helping people to help to initiate and extend breastfeeding as long as they desire. That's great. Do you have a moment to speak on the complicated patient and how your support services may help someone that maybe has medical complications during pregnancy or even a comorbidity or even just difficulty initiating breastfeeding um, or having a setback once they get yeah. from the hospital? Well, I think it's very important to understand, you know, we don't um, we don't have medical records on people who call. We don't know past medical histories. You know, sometimes people forget what medications they're on and they don't report everything. I mean, I'm guilty of that as well. Like I, for, oh, I, I forgot I was on the Claritin or whatever it may be, right? And so, you know, I think, I think the most important thing to get out is that we do not, we are not the source of medical care, right? We, we refer to medical home. We want people to go see their physicians. But I will say this, people sometimes call us and say they don't like their physicians. They don't like the care they're getting. They feel they're getting care that is um, not good or it doesn't happen a lot, but it happens. And so we are able to try to support kindly through these kinds of questions and maybe help to redirect them to somebody that can help them, that makes them feel more comfortable in getting the care that they need. We don't replace medical care, but if there's some kind of care that they need, we help to strategize for them to maybe call their local WIC program if they qualify their program, call their insurance, their Medicaid plan, whatever it may be, so that they can get the care. You know, we, there are complicated patients that call. It's, it is kind of rare. I usually have, when we've done some kind of, um, when we've looked at charts and interviewed lactation consultants, talked to patients, about 95% of the people who call Usually it's very run of the mill questions with breastfeeding that we can talk about and they're able to solve those. Um, but we, we know our place, I guess is what I wanna say. And we don't, we, we stay within the evidence-based practice and we really try to get people to engage with their healthcare providers in their local area if something is beyond our scope of care. I'm so glad you mentioned that, you know, as a healthcare provider, there are things when we are researching resources for patients that we, want to hear about and just hearing that you're definitely focused on partnering with the healthcare providers in each of the areas of the state and working together as a team, even if we may not communicate on a regular basis about the same patients, but it's good to know that as well. Now, as a healthcare provider, what pointers, pearls of wisdom would you have for me and my other OP providers, whether it's physician, midwife, nurse practitioner, nursing, that we can do to make sure we're assuring patients have great connection, great start to breastfeeding and continued success? I, I, I cannot tell you how much I love this question. I know we're kind of nearing the end and this is just, this warms my heart that you're asking. You know, I think what I've, when I've connected with patients around this, I think acknowledging, like saying to them, I know this is hard. I know it's hard. And also telling them that like over time, it can get better because, you know, I think they think that breastfeeding eight to 12 times a day is going to be their life for the rest of their life. And they have no life, right? Don't you think? And so telling them that like, this is a, a temporary situation and your baby's going to grow bigger 
and he or she's going to become more efficient in breastfeeding. That baby's really going to learn and your life will return. You will be able to brush your teeth <laughs> when you want to brush your teeth, right? Haven't you heard this? But I think that like, you know, just dropping in with the patient and telling them that, you know, this is difficult, but and also I think the best advice I give and that people respond to is taking it hour by hour. Don't, don't think about three weeks down the line. Don't think about you got to hop on a plane in six weeks and I don't know where you got to go or you got to go visit some your cousins in this place. Because when they start to think about that and they're in the midst of the eight to 12 times a day and they haven't slept in two weeks, they're, they're not going to be with you. So I think it's just acknowledging you know, saying that this is hard and then saying this is temporary and you're, you, you will have a life again. Um, it, it helps them. Yeah. That's what I would say. That's perfect. I think it's that old adage of kind of stating the obvious. And sometimes we forget to just acknowledge the obvious experience that may be happening and how that can be encouraging. So now we are all motivated. Thank you so much. I am ready to be that champion and support but how can we help spread the word about the Tennessee breastfeeding hotline and all of the great things that it has to offer? Yeah. Well, you're doing it right now by inviting me on this podcast. I can't thank you enough. I mean, we are spreading the word and talking about this and I think it's wonderful. The phone number again, I think is important to reiterate. And so it's 855-423-6667 please call. We, these lactation consultants are so nice. I promise you. I know them because I hired them. They're lovely. It's available 24 7, 365. Like we talked about, you know, grandparents, aunts, cousins, healthcare providers, people can call hospitals too. I think hospitals do a really good job of providing the number because we hear that a lot. But if you're a hospital out there listening and you don't in the state of Tennessee, please do provide it. Um, the other thing is I really want to give a shout out to the department of health the Tennessee Department of Health. We, we we just adore them. They have been lovely, important, awesome partners where, who, who we have learned from. And so going to their website, I think would be a really good idea, breastfeeding.tn.gov. You can also look up the Breastfeeding uh, Hotline, Tennessee Breastfeeding Hotline, and see some of the work that we've done since 2018 on our quarterly reports with Quality Assurance. And you know that's really how we do this. That's really how we get this done. That's a great network. And I will make sure, as well as the other staff here at TIPQC, that we are able to provide our support and do our part so that breastfeeding can continue across the state way beyond my time and maybe even yours too, right? We want to set up a strong system. That's correct. That's absolutely correct. Well, as we come to a close, are there any other pearls that you would like to share with us? Any other information or things that you would like for us to take away from this podcast today? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's really important. You know, I have a lot of, um, all of us at Pacify and working, you know, um, with the state of Tennessee, we really, we are just so honored to be part of it and to be able to care for people. I know our lactation consultants love taking calls and I just want to kind of, you know, acknowledge that this is a, a, a real group effort and that when it started, it was a labor of love and, a, and also an understanding that there was a need. And I think this is a beautiful um, snapshot of, of healthcare at its finest, right? That, that this worked and continues to work and hopefully will for a very, very long time. And so I'm just grateful for everybody involved from the very beginning up until this point. And we're just so happy to offer the service and, and hope it continues for a very long time. 
Yes, absolutely. And we are so happy that the service is around as well. And we will be here. I'm going to speak it. We'll be here for many, many years to come. Well, thank you again, Melanie, for your time and for you joining us today. We really appreciate the work you are doing, your contribution to maternal and infant care in Tennessee as well. The Tennessee Breastfeeding Hotline number and other resources will be included in the show notes for today's podcast. TIPQC will continue to feature additional podcasts on perinatal support services. Thank you for joining us today and join us next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee presented by TIPQC. TIPQC is funded under a grant contract with the state of Tennessee. Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee is brought to you through a cooperative agreement with the Alliance for Innovation on Maternal Health. Do you have ideas for a future guest or topic or even have a question you would like answered on upcoming episodes? Visit www.tipqc.org, that's T-I-P-Q-C.org, and click on podcast to submit suggestions and questions to our podcast team. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast to be the first to know when new episodes are available and find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube to stay in the loop with our active projects and other relevant news relating to perinatal health in Tennessee.